0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to The Seed Podcast, part of our teaching ministry here at the Central Church in Fayette, Alabama. The Seed exists for one reason only, and that is to lift up the word of God in order that Jesus Christ might be known and worshiped as king. We invite you to join us now as we dive in to today's message. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord. Jesus Christ, who is so good that He would command us even to receive His grace and His peace. He knows that our natural inclination is to forget it, to go on and and to try to earn things for ourselves and, and praise and glory in our accomplishments or wallow in shame at our failures, but He commands us, receive my grace, receive my peace. That's what the Sabbath is all about. That's what we're going to be talking about today. I was uh, reminded as I was looking through the Ten Commandments, we are in Commandment 4 this week. We've been going straight through. I was reminded this week that of the Ten, Seven just don't have an explanation at all. It's, it's almost like they're self-explanatory. We don't have to talk about it. Don't murder Don't steal. Okay, I think you get why. I don't have to explain why. Seven out of the ten are like that. There's three out of the ten that come with a reason. Don't do this, and here is why you don't do this. Commandment number two, you shall not make any graven images for yourself. Why? I'm a jealous God. Simple enough said. Don't worship idols because I am jealous. We got next week, commandment number five, honor your father and your mother. Why? So that you'll live long in the land. Kids, your parents love you. Like, like they have your best in mind. They, anything that they say, it's, it's out of love and they're trying to help you have a wonderful life. I try to phrase my commandments to my kids these days in those terms as much as I possibly can. Look, I'm not telling you this, I'm trying to come down on you. If you keep living in this kind of way, it's not going to work out for you down the road and you're going to have harder problems than me when you get further on in life. I'm trying to help you have a good long life, you understand? Commandment number five, we'll talk about that more next week. Commandment number four is unique. And I wanna spend a little bit of time explaining why commandment number four is so unique. It's different than all the rest of them. It's very, very special for, well, two, two main reasons. Number one, we not only have one explanation for the fourth commandment, we have two explanations Depending on whether you're reading in Exodus or reading in Deuteronomy, and they're long explanations. We're going to get to those in just a second. The second reason that it is so unique is that it is the only commandment that was established in creation itself. That's a huge deal. That's a huge deal. That from the very first creation week, the fourth commandment, Sabbath, has been written into the fabric of creation. That's huge. I, I was taught, you might have heard yourself before, that we don't have to follow the fourth commandment anymore because it was of the old law, but you'll not, never find it repeated in the new law. Well, that's sort of true. It's, it is in the old law, but it's, didn't, it's not of the old law. It didn't originate with the old law. It originated in creation. Like the seventh day, God said, this is holy. And you know what? It is the first thing. And the only thing ever declared holy in the entire book of Genesis. You read Genesis from beginning to chapter 50, the very end, the seventh day, is the only thing that's ever declared holy. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. It's written into nature in the Garden of Eden. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 3, God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Because on it God rested from all His work and all that He had done in creation sabbath is as much a part of natural order as is female being made for male as is the fact that your lungs are built to be filled with air as is the fact that night follows day and day follows night sabbath is as much a part of created natural order as all these things and i have to tell you i think that's why a lot of people are struggling these days because we've neglected natural order all too often. We don't have to observe this part of natural order. We don't have to observe this commandment because it's Old Testament. We do that to our detriment. And the thing about natural law and natural order is it just is. It's not like a ought to or a should or I'm telling you but you, if you don't listen to me okay. It's just like it's there and you can either live by it or not live by it. If you eat 4,000 calories a day and you don't exercise you will grow obese and you will have problems. Whether you understand nutrition or not, the, the natural order, the natural law is there and it just is. And, and it's not really an all-to or an opinion thing, it's just law. If you only sleep four hours a night, you will run your body ragged. Whether you un- understand bodily maintenance or not, it's just nature. You, you can't get around it. And if you neglect Sabbath rhythm, your soul will suffer whether you understand Sabbath or not. It's just the way that you're wired. It's the way God created the cosmos and the universe and wrote it into the fabric of time itself until time should end. It's a part of you, it's a part of me. So so let's talk about God's natural law of the Sabbath. I told you there's two reasons. God has two reasons why we ought to observe the Sabbath. Again, you have one in Exodus and you have one in Deuteronomy so let's read the one in Exodus first. Exodus 20 I've shortened this verse 8 and verse 11 he said remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy for because four in six days the Lord made heaven and earth the sea and all that is in them and rested on the seventh day therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and he made it holy. Reason number one that we observe the Sabbath is because made in God's image We shall rest as God rested. Made in God's image, you too shall rest. And I don't think it takes anybody long to figure out that God didn't rest because He had to. It's it's not this idea that God got tuckered out making everything, and so He had to have a rest. God ran out of strength. God ran out of steam. We understand that God's rest is, is teaching us something. He's modeling something for us. He's he's resting in order to show us something about who he is and who he made us to be in his image. He rested to carve out a rhythm in time for holiness. I'm resting, I'm pausing to give you a rhythm for holiness. If you want to think of it this way, the Sabbath was the first altar made without hands. It's an altar in time, it's an anchor in holiness keeping us anchored in the observance and and the focus on God in a rhythm in our life. So on the Sabbath day, we rest because God rested. But but of course, it's it's not a self-indulgent rest, you understand. It's not a a day for me. Now, an atheist can take a day off. A Sabbath and a day off are two different things. A, A day off is just... Let me go do everything that, that, that I think of for me, for me, for me. But a Sabbath is always in the scriptures noted as being holy unto the Lord. It's a prayerful rest. It's a thankful rest. It's a grateful rest. It's a, it's a rest of contemplation and turning our mind towards that which is holy. Because it's a rhythm of holiness in time. Now, Now, interestingly, that's the first reason. When Moses reminded them of the Ten Commandments, though... So you've got Genesis, Exodus, he gives them the commandments. You go from there, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, they're just about to go into the promised land. And Moses said, okay, everybody come here. Let me remind you guys, you're about to get in there. I can't go with you. I just want to make sure this is on your heart before you go in there because you're going to have some problems. Well, here we go. Let me tell you the Ten Commandments all over again. When he gets to the fourth one, he changes it. He gives them a different, a second reason why you ought to observe Sabbath. So here we go, verses 12 and 15. Observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy, as the Lord your God commanded you. Why? Well, you shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. So reason number one, I want you to Sabbath because I rested and set a model for you and so you follow my model because you're made in my image. You you remember creation and so you Sabbath. Reason number two, made in God's image, you too are free. You don't only only remember your, your origin, you don't only remember creation, you remember your exodus, you remember your freedom, how I set you free. And I set you free to live free, not to continue to live as slaves. He said, in slavery, what were you worth? You were worth what you could produce. You were a doing machine. That's all you were. Your humanity was stripped. You were dehumanized through slavery. And all you were was what you were good for producing for other people. That is slavery to its core, being stripped of your humanity. But now every time you Sabbath, you declare your freedom. I am a free person. I am more than what I produce. I am valuable in and of myself. You declare in Sabbath that you do not do in order to be loved and valuable. When you simply be still and rest in the hand of God, you are just as valuable as someone who is knocking the world over with all their activity and their production and their busyness. You are just as valuable. We had that parable in our last series about the guys who worked all day long and then the guys who were hired at the 11th hour. And God said, what? The first shall be last and the last shall be first. They're all my children. I love them all. It doesn't matter if this one mowed 90% of my yard and this one just, hey, he was here for an hour and didn't do too much. That's not the point. They're my children. And Sabbath, we declare that we're free from being judged according to our Works And that is freedom indeed. The funny thing is, you would think this is a good thing. The funny thing is, you would think that Christians would hear that and flock to that. Like, man, I love, I love a God who doesn't judge me by my works. The thing is, we don't like to let go of judging ourselves by our works. It's tough for us to stop. It is truly tough. It's, it's a little pride damaging to learn that even as much as I accomplish, and as much as I do, and as valuable as my works are, I'm no better than the next guy. I'm just as loved by my father. It kind of damaged my my, my pride a little bit, and so we're kind of slow to to get on board with this. I, I hear it all the time, I can't do this. I can't take an entire 24 hours out of my week, week after week, every week, getting nothing done. I've got too much to do. That is not doable. You're talking about a fantasy you need to get with the real world. That's not the way that we live. And that, that's right. That's not the way we live anymore. But I want to make this abundantly clear. You will never have time for Sabbath. You will never have time for Sabbath. You will never feel like you have accomplished enough to stop. Never. Never. You're never going to feel that way. That's why this is not the fourth feeling. This is the fourth commandment. He has to rip us out of our natural order and command us into this because we're never going to feel it. You are never going to feel like you've accomplished enough to stop. And all throughout history the Jews did the exact same thing. They'd push off the Sabbath, push off the Sabbath. We've got too much to do. These cultures around us, they buy and sell and do work on the Sabbath. And so, that's nice, but look, we just ain't got time for that. We've got too much else to do to fit in with the culture around us. And they pushed it off. You get to the New Testament and something has radically changed. You get to the New Testament and what are the Pharisees always telling Jesus about the Sabbath? Dude, what are you doing? You can't a little grain and eat it on the Sabbath. You can't heal on the Sabbath. They are sticklers about the Sabbath in the New Testament, but in the Old Testament they are completely not that way. Do you know what happened? There was a radical change, a radical shift. What happened was this. You read the very end of their books of history, 2 Chronicles, Jerusalem is on fire, 586 B.C. And this is what it says, And they burned the house of God, And broke down the wall of Jerusalem and burned all its palaces with fire. They destroyed all its precious vessels. He took into exile in Babylon those who had escaped from the sword. And they became servants to him and to his sons until the establishment of the kingdom of Persia. Here we go. To fulfill the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah until the land had enjoyed its Sabbaths. All the days that it lay desolate it kept Sabbath. To fulfill 70 years. Now, this is a direct reference to Leviticus 25 and 26. It was written in the law that if you neglect my Sabbath, if you push off my Sabbath, it's something that doesn't really have to get observed if you can't get around to it, you will be destroyed. and, And I will push you out of the land to the point that the land can actually get the Sabbath that I have declared. And you will be in captivity as long as it takes till the land gets the Sabbath so that I said it should have. See, the Sabbath's not just for you. The Sabbath is for you. Sabbath is for the cows. The Sabbath is for the grass. The Sabbath is for the land. I gave my possession, my promised land, all of it a Sabbath. But if you keep my land from its Sabbaths, I will take you away into captivity. And he said it took 70 years. God put them in a foreign land for 70 years until the land got its Sabbath what's the point the pharisees might have been jerks but the last thing in the world they were going to do is break the sabbath if you don't stop and honor the sabbath it will eventually catch up with you it will eventually catch up with your soul it will eventually bring destruction into your life we'll never have time for it we will never have time for the sabbath but our lives are either going to take one of two postures Number one, either I'm going to rest in God's grace and trust Him for my life. Or number two, I'm going to rest in my achievements and I'm going to glorify myself for my life. One of the two. That's what Sabbath is all about. Do I rest in Him and glorify Him with my life, or do I rest in myself and glorify myself for my life? And so He commands Sabbath. Real practical, how do we do this? What does Sabbath rhythm look like in our lives? I've got four foundations For Sabbath in the life of the Christian. Number one, it starts with stop. Stop. One day a week, you need to stop. Now, one thing that has changed since the old law, since those days of Moses, is um, we're no longer bound to a particular one day. Uh, their, their, Their Sabbath was Saturday. That's what it meant, the seventh day, Sabbath day, that's when you did this. We are no longer bound to a particular day. And I say that because Paul makes this very clear. Romans 14 and verse 5 he says, One person esteems one day as better than another, while another person esteems all days alike. Which one is right? Well, each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. He's speaking into a Roman church, which is a mixture of Jews and Gentiles. And they had very strong opinions about this. Paul said, in order to have unity, look, this is not an issue that you need to be judging one another over. Let each of you be convinced in your own mind. Colossians 2, he said, therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. Don't let anybody judge you according to Sabbath. Sabbath. So, so how do you put the two together? Well, Sabbath is written into the created order itself. It is a part of natural order that God created Sabbath. He made it holy, and it is for us to have that anchor of holiness in every single one of our weeks. But Paul seems to think that one day is as good as any other. One day is as good as another. Of course, the Christian community has a long, a deep, a rich tradition of Sabbathing on Sunday. Sunday is our day of rest and worship and contemplation, of prayer and play, but not everybody can do it on Sunday. I can't. Sunday's a work day for me. It's just like you remember in the, the, the priests in the temple. They, they were under the old law, but they were clearly working on the Sabbath day, and so God carved out other days uh, for them. Uh, I Sabbath on Monday. Monday is my Sabbath day. Uh, but again, the point is that one day a week, you need to stop. You've you got to stop, and that's so hard for us to do. If you wait for a good time to stop, you will never stop. Your tombstone will read. He was just about ready to stop. He was almost there. He was just about to where he could stop, but we will never stop if we never make ourselves stop. The Sabbath says we don't stop because we're done. We're never done. We stop because God is on the throne and we trust in God who is on the throne. Psalm 46, be still and know that I am God. It's a time of being still and just knowing He's got it. You ain't got to have it. You don't have it. He's got it. Be still and know that I am God. Psalm 37, be still before the Lord and wait for Him. Wait on Him. Trust in Him. It's all about Him. We stop because we have the faith to stop. It's all of faith. that We believe that we are not our own source. We stop and we trust in Him. And you know what? When we do that, He blesses that. He takes care of us in that. You say, I can't. My life will fall apart if I stop one day a week. You know what? A funny thing happens when we do it. He comes in and He blesses it and He takes care of you. Do you have the faith to believe that He will and He can? So we stop number two we rest god rested on the seventh day as a model for us so on the sabbath we rest and practically that means you do whatever replenishes you what is rest well what replenishes you what fills your tank back up take a walk play with the kids go plant a flower or two if, if that's what replenishes you now, now don't do it as a chore But look, there is plenty of replenishment that is found in activity. We are no longer under the old laws and ordinances of you can't walk this far, you can't start a fire. Over there in the land of Israel today, do you know what they have? They have Sabbath elevators that go to one floor after the other on a continuous loop so that you don't have to push a button because a button is work. It really gets that crazy. We're free from all that. Go plant flowers, go mow your grass. If That's what replenishes you. But on the Sabbath, we do things that don't have to get done. What are the things in your life that you would just find so much joy in right now, but you can't do them because you're too weighed down with all the things that have to get done? Rest is doing things that don't have to get done. What is rest? There you go. Doing things that don't have to get done. It's because there's joy in it. There's replenishment in it. That is what rest is rest I I like to to say it this way rest is what you do on a snow day anybody like snow days in here kids I know you guys do rest is what you do on a snow day when all of a sudden I can't go to work all of a sudden I'm here with my family rest is what you did at the beginning of COVID I loved the beginning of COVID we we grilled lunch out in the middle of the day we, we would do this thing, uh, we do scavenger hunts, where we'd all have a, a device, and you know, everybody's got devices these days, and so I'd make a list, you know, squ- squirrel, stop sign, fire hydrant, you know, just a whole list, and then we'd go walking throughout the neighborhood, and they would take pictures on a scavenger hunt. Man, is it not tragic that it takes a pandemic, an act of God, an illness, it takes these things just to make us stop and rest. Sabbath is when we choose to rest out of faith, not out of necessity. So we stop and we rest in faith. Number three, we play. Sabbath is all about stop, rest, and play. One of the early church fathers, Irenaeus, he was born about 100 years after the cross, somewhere around 130 A.D. There's this one quote that he's particularly famous for. He said, the glory of God is man fully alive. The glory of God is man fully alive. What's he trying to say? When you see a human being living life in pure joy, in peace, and in grace, that is the greatest testament to the glory of the one who is that child's father. Oh, that one. That person who is so fully alive, they must serve a great God. Sabbath is a testament to the greatness of God because the glory of God is a man, a human, fully alive. Psalm 16 and verse 11, You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Is this true? Is this true? Do the lives of Christians testify that Where God's presence is, there is the fullness of joy. That in the right hand of God, there are pleasures, eternal pleasures. We're happy. We're a happy people. I think one of the reasons Sabbath may have fallen out of favor in our culture, I've heard a lot of stories from the older generations that say we couldn't do nothing on the Sabbath. I mean, you got in trouble if you want to go play a rough house or whatever. No, you couldn't do anything. It was like it said, remember the Sabbath day and keep it boring. That's, That's the way it read for us. That's not Sabbath. Go play on the Sabbath, delight in the Sabbath. And when we delight in the Sabbath, we we turn off that mode where we're trying to achieve and we turn on that mode where we're glorifying in what has been achieved. Thank you, God, for all your goodness. And I just soak in the goodness of God on the Sabbath. We can walk a little slower on the Sabbath. We can look a little longer on the Sabbath. You ever got down in the grass? And just looked at all the little cities the bugs are building in your yard. Got up close to a worm. We were talking about, Bart sent me a picture. Uh, uh, I can't remember how long it was ago at this point, Bart. But just how awesome and intricately God makes His creatures. And you ever go fishing and just see how the light dances off the scales? Delight in the works of the Lord on the Sabbath. Feel the breeze and wonder where it comes from. Look your kids in the eyes and just notice how much they're growing lately. On the Sabbath we delight we play on the Sabbath and number four we pray might be a better way of saying it contemplate we meditate we turn our minds towards the holy on the Sabbath like I said even an atheist can enjoy a day off we're not talking about a day off we're talking about a day that is holy unto the Lord there's uh, 11 times 11 times in scripture that it's referred to as a solemn rest It's a solemn rest. It's a day of gratefulness and thankfulness and worship and prayer and praise to the Lord of the Sabbath. Of thanksgiving, of gratitude, recognizing that every delight starts in Him. There is no delight that comes outside of Him. They are all in Him. And we look forward in anticipation to the day of Jesus on the Sabbath. That final great Sabbath rest when He comes and makes all things right. We turn our minds towards Him on the Sabbath. So it's a day of Scripture. It's a day of prayer. It's a day of worship. I would encourage you, one day a week, God has so ordered this world. He's wired you. He's wired time itself to run on a holy rhythm. And so once a week, we need to stop. We need to rest. We need to play. We need to pray. Because we're God's because we're free. If you would please pray with me. Father God, we rest in your goodness. We glorify you above all things. You, O Lord, are exalted above all things forever. At the very cornerstone foundation of our lives, of our very existence, is this fact that you are Lord over all forever. Let everything about us glorify you Let everything about us witness to what a great God you are. May may your life become our life. That as you work, we work. As you rest, we rest. As you reach out into the kingdom and grow, grow your kingdom, Father, we reach out and we grow your kingdom. Let us follow your model in all things. And may it be life to us. Father, I pray that you would come in and heal our diseases through your commandments that you would break us away from the rhythms of life that don't work, that cause strife and stress and anxiety. Father, bring us around to your way. Father, we love your law. Your law is perfect. Write it on our hearts. Father, we are so thankful that you have freed us from the demands, the rituals and ordinances of the old law, but that you have brought them all to a fulfillment in Christ. Father, we're thankful that you have freed us from the legal demands of the law, that we must keep the letter of the law or else we are lost forever. We thank you that you have given us grace in Jesus Christ. But, Father, we testify that your law is true, your law is good, your law is holy forever. And so, Father, I pray that you would write this one on our hearts as well, that we would have a rhythm of holiness that anchors our lives. Father, we are so quick dismiss this need and to think that we'll catch up to it somewhere else in our lives but we're fooling ourselves and we go on with disease because we neglect your law father i pray that you would bring us out of our natural rhythms and closer to yourself father i pray for this church I pray that you would be present here, that you would be moving us together as a body, a family, who support one another and stand together and encourage and strengthen and sharpen one another. Father, I pray that you would send us out into this community. I pray for this community of Fayette. Father, that you would be softening hearts, that you would be making roads for the Word to go forth, that many sons and daughters would come to you here and a light would shine. Father, I pray that your kingdom would come and your will would be done completely, fully. We look around and what do we see? Only the kingdom. Father, we pray that you would come quickly. Jesus, come quickly. We pray all of these earnestly in his name. and We pray now as a church family together. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We thank you again for joining us this week at Central. And may the Lord Jesus Christ be magnified in your life today.